everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 264th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I am your host, Brad Jost, and we're going to discuss... All things Jurassic Park here today on the podcast. And in today's episode, we are finally going to dive into some of the news uh, in the Jurassic franchise. I feel like it's been a very long time since we actually talked about uh, the latest happenings. And there's not a lot, but there's some interesting stuff to take a look at, some fun stuff. So stay tuned for the news segment in just a little bit. After that, we're going to dive into the hatchery with Dakota Morgan. And uh, I love this segment because uh, specifically today, Dakota is going to be taking a look at one of my favorite things from the Jurassic franchise. Now, if you guys don't remember, The Hatchery is the segment that takes a look at the animatronics from the series. And today, Dakota is going to take a look at the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3. That Spinosaurus, uh, it's just a massive creation. It's so beautiful. And uh, yes, you know, I know there's a lot of... uh, uh, tension surrounding that dinosaur, but uh, what they created is so special and so amazing, so I cannot wait for you guys to hear what Dakota has to say about that animatronic, so stay tuned for that, because uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But before we get started, of course, I'd like to take care of some quick business here, so if you guys are hopefully following along uh, and have been over the past few weeks, we're going to be doing a book club, and uh, the Jurassic Park book club is happening and we did an introduction episode a few weeks ago and on march 22nd we're actually going to be covering the first third of the book which is from the beginning to uh the chapter or title called the tour so stop right at the tour and uh that's what we're going to be meeting up on march 22nd for is to kind of review and take a look at uh you know just that that segment as a whole and Uh, you know, get to the bottom of the comparisons between the book and the film, uh, reviewing it, hearing from you guys as well. So that's what we want to do is get your thoughts and feedback on that first third of the book. So please send over some audio clips. Just pull out your phone, record some audio in the the audio memo app or whatever you have on there, and just send it over to jurassicparkbookclub at gmail.com. Super simple, right? I mean, that's the easiest email you could possibly have. Jurassic Park Book Club at gmail.com. Send over your audio thoughts. You can also write something if you want as well. We'll have them read on the show, but we are really, really excited. I think the uh, the outpouring has been pretty awesome. Very, It seems like a very well um, uh, accepted segment, and a lot of people are really, really interested in reading along with us. So I am just thrilled to finally have this segment and uh, March 22nd, follow along with us with that first third of the book. And then in the subsequent months or, or following months, uh, we're going to do the uh, the other parts of the book as well. So that is March 22nd. Stay tuned for that. Over on YouTube, 
Uh, last week, I did a toy hunt, and of course, I, I feel like I say I, I did a toy hunt recently. I say that a lot, but uh, last week, we did one for uh, and found the Monolophosaurus. Now, that is a really, really fun-looking little dinosaur. I like that thing so, so much. Um, so take a look at that uh, video over on YouTube. I also did a live stream, uh, as always, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and this past one... It was really fun because I went in with no topics, no ideas, nothing to discuss with, with you guys. And I actually like doing that the most because it gives me uh, an opportunity to hear what you guys want to talk about and what kind of topics you're into at the moment. Of course, E750 is is the talk of the town uh, in the Jurassic community. So we did talk about that and uh, pretty much any and all theories we could possibly come up with. Uh, you know, the stuff that people are talking about online with leaks and whatnot. So we talked about all that. Uh, we also talked about uh, the potential for a Jurassic World live action TV show and what's going on there because we did hear about something like that a long time ago. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, I gave some some really fun thoughts and ideas on how we can kind of go right into a live action TV show from Fallen Kingdom slash Jurassic World Dominion. So I'm really excited by that idea. And then I also kind of gave you some theories and thoughts on what I think is a pretty wild idea for Camp Cretaceous Season 4. Um, so I have some fun thoughts on Season 4, which I know we haven't even seen Season 3 yet, so hopefully we get to Season 4 first. That's the first and, and uh, most foremost thing, is getting to Season 4. But I have some amazing ideas, I thought, and uh, I shared them with everybody, and it was a really, really fun conversation. So that was, uh, plus we talked about other things, but that was uh, our live stream on Wednesday night. And then we also uh, debuted... Spinosaurus review for the latest iteration, which is that tan one with the amazing striping and the red all over it. It is uh, in the Camp Cretaceous box. Don't know if that necessarily means anything at all, but uh, it's a it's an amazing toy, and I, I had that sent over from Canada, so I'm really really excited about that review about the toy itself sitting here in my collection. So go check out that video as well. I will have all those videos in the show notes, so please click on those. Um, and then this week. I got another toy hunt for you guys, uh, so always finding stuff here, and uh, got another fun one for you, and then hopefully I can get out another review, I'm really trying to push out more and more content uh, over on YouTube, so please check that out, and then of course, uh, another live stream Wednesday night, I don't know what we're going to talk about, maybe I'll do another, uh, you know, you, you guys pick the topic and we'll go from there, I don't know, I really, really like those as much as I like bringing topics as well, but uh, yeah, it's a fun time over on YouTube, so make sure to go check it out, but... I think that's about it. I think I covered everything. I don't know. I usually uh, produce these episodes and then realize like a day or two later that I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely should have mentioned that thing. But, oh, well, there goes my prep work. But uh, that's about it for this uh, intro. So why don't we go ahead and kick it off with a little Jurassic news from around the world? Eighteen minutes and your company catches up on ten years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. Alright, so first off here in the news, I wanted to showcase something really, really cool that popped up over the weekend here. And that is uh, the YouTube channel, Art of the Prop. 
And of course, thanks to Jurassic Outpost for kind of shining a light on this over on their website. But uh, Jordan over at Art of the Prop over on YouTube is showcasing in the first video, which actually is on there already, the evolution of a mural. And if you guys remember Jurassic Park and of course you thinking about murals, there is that incredible mural inside the visitor center in that first film. And it is just something that has become truly iconic. It is super beautiful and it's something that's unforgettable for any Jurassic fan out there. So if you guys wanna learn a lot about that mural, where it came from, the artist, Douglas Henderson. Jordan has a great interview with Douglas. You get to learn a lot about the history of that mural. Um, I think he even talks a little bit about the Lost World, something very, very short. And then Jordan teases even more Jurassic content coming in the future. So this is a channel you're gonna wanna go subscribe to, I'm sure. So I'll put the link in the show notes so you can check out this video. The first video is uploaded. It's very cool. You get some really good detailed looks at that artwork, so you're not gonna wanna miss it. Uh, it's truly beautiful stuff. So shout out to uh, the Art of the Prop over on YouTube. Make sure to check it out in the link in our show notes. All right, next up here in the news, we have something spotted over on Twitter from at uh, Luca2951, and that would be Jurassic Park, the Genesis Archives. Now, this is something that uh, I guess Luca was working on for a very, very long time, and uh, it looks amazing. It actually looks really, really in-depth. Now, I will say before I you know get too far, I have not ever played Jurassic Park Operation Genesis. I know, it's a huge flaw in, I, in my fandom, I guess. I've never played this game i don't know what i was doing around this time period but it is such a, a huge hit within the community I, I i'm saying this to people who already know that but uh, back in 2003 operation genesis came out and it has just been something that fans cannot stop discussing and looking at it and looking at videos and images it just looks really really inspiring and it's something that is still talked so highly about even after jurassic world evolution something with a very similar kind of structure um but this is just intense so so luca created this website so i'll put the link in our show notes where he, this is a complete database i mean i, I said that but I, it literally even says that on the website <laughs> so it's a complete archive of pretty much everything from operation genesis and uh it's that's pretty amazing it says right here the objective with this site is to hold most, if not all, information ever given related to the game since the beginning of development to release. So it's incredible. I mean, there's there's headlines here for uh, attractions, characters, dig sites, dinosaurs, research, exercises, missions, timeline. The soundtrack is here. You can actually hear parts of the soundtrack. That's pretty incredible that, that all this stuff is on here. There's videos. There's cut content. So it is really... You know, one of the biggest wealths of information, if not the biggest wealth of information for Operation Genesis. So I know we have a lot of listeners out there that are really into Jurassic Park games, myself included, and this uh, just looks incredible. I, I can't believe it. So this is a huge wealth of information. I've put the link in our show notes, so definitely make sure to check it out. Thanks, Luca. <laughs> And lastly here in the news, uh, I wanted to cover some Jurassic World Dominion merchandise that has actually started to pop up and uh, hit stores. So this is something that you 
may or may not want to tune out of if you are uh, adverse to spoilers, if you don't want to know anything about Jurassic World Dominion. I'm not going to spoil anything really that's not already on some merchandise that you will probably see in a store or have most likely heard around the internet. It's nothing, nothing too deep, I don't think. Well, maybe. I don't know. You judge it by yourself. If you don't want to know anything, skip ahead because there's a great segment coming up, so don't miss that next segment, The Hatchery. But um, I'm going to go ahead and just talk about some of these, these merchandise here. So first off, uh, I want to take a look at this one here. This is a, a post from Jurassic Outpost kind of showcasing... Uh, some backpacks and some books and uh, maybe some pencil cases, stuff like that, you know, stuff that you would bring to school. And uh, there's actually, it's a really cool look to it. I, I always love seeing the new look for the merch that they come out with. There was a lot of fire and, and just darkness, flames and uh, embers on the, the Fallen Kingdom merch. And this time around, it's very like, ah, I don't even know. There's a lot of DNA strands. There's a lot of like, digital artwork and stuff like that like like looks like biospheres and stuff and uh and there's also the main the main thing here is the uh giganotosaurus the giganotosaurus is on every piece piece of merch here um from the backpacks to the books to the whatever everything and it's the main thing and it's a fossil guys it's not the is not the real render of the dinosaur, but it's a look at what the structure is gonna look like and could look like. So it's the fossil structure on top of some, you know, like I said before, there is some other dinosaurs on there in the background, just silhouettes like Stegosaurus and Pteranodons and stuff like that. Um, it does say, I think, warning all over some of this stuff. There's a lot of similar vibes actually to the Lost World with that hazard look and the ultra colors and stuff like that. So it's really interesting looking, but the Giganotosaurus is on there. So that's, that's amazing. And the fact that, you know, this thing is on the merch, which means it might be a big deal for Dominion. So that's pretty interesting. So if you want to take a look at that, of course, uh, I will put the uh, link to that in our show notes. It's pretty cool and uh, gets me really hyped for Dominion. I'm getting hyped guys. Let's move on to the next one here. So this one actually popped up over on Twitter with a nice image here. Uh, this comes from at MagpieAJ over on Twitter. Uh, and th this person here found it at a fabric store. I don't know where, it doesn't say where. I, I checked the comments and everything. No, no indication, I don't think, as to where the fabric was located. But uh, some pretty cool stuff in here. Some really, really cool stuff. So it is a kind of T topographical looking fabric with if you if you know like a topography map it's very uh, there's just lines all over it indicating the different heights of of the land and stuff like that green background but on top of that are badges all over the place uh, and it's really really interesting all these badges have a dinosaur or something on there but there's actually a lot of text on here as far as like kind of giving us some maybe some context clues for dominion so i'm like tilting my head because it's just fabric and it's all over the place so this one here has a stegosaurus on it and it says let them live let them roam and it says rural dinosaur conservationists of the united states of america so rural dinosaur conservationists is that something that we can 
you know, kind of uh, think about when we're talking about this movie as far as like, is it something related to the DPG? Because it sounds very much like the DPG, uh, Save the Dinos with their campaign. So is that something? Uh, there's nothing, there's there's another one here with like a, a T-Rex in a forest with mountains and it actually literally just says mountain on it. I don't know if there's any other text down there. Here's another one here that says dinosaur observation com I'm, I'm assuming it says committee? Yeah, dinosaur observation committee with the T-Rex logo. You've got raptor chaser, pursue, protect, preserve, and it's a mountainscape with uh, a silhouette of blue. And here you have may use river lizard. May use, may, may use? I don't know what that means. M-E-U-S-E, -E, river lizard. Mosasaurus breach. Oh, I can't read it all. Oh man. Mosasaurus breach, I'll have to Google that. May use river. Here's the one with the Triceratops and it says Triceratops observation committee. So yeah, I, that's about as much as I can read. There's another one here. What does that say? Oh man, I can't read that one. Um, but they're, they're really, really cool images. And Jurassic has kind of done this over the past several years is release these badges, these logos, different uh, brands and stuff like that for, for their merch, whether it's uh, a magnet or um, patches or um, backpacks and stuff like that. So this is a new addition to that. And I think it looks really, really awesome. And it's given us this, this idea that, hey, there might be groups out there conservation groups watching over these dinosaurs making sure you know people don't come into contact with them whether they're hunters or um you know groups out there that are trying to to find these and maybe do some some bad things so we've got some people taking a look and i don't know if it's split up into different groups whether it's you know we've got raptor chasers we got uh royal rural dinosaur conservationists we've got triceratops observation committee uh, the Mosasaurus breach something or other. So there's a lot of stuff in there that could be very, very interesting for Jurassic World Dominion. Okay, and I just took a second to Google Mayu's River, and this is, you know, this is crazy. This is a river. You know, I'll actually just read it here. It says the Mayu's or Mas is, I don't know how to say any of this, is a major European river rising in France and flowing through Belgium and the Netherlands before draining into the North Sea from the Rhine Meuse. I don't know these words. <laughs> but it looks pretty long and it goes from like very high up to Paris and that's crazy. That's interesting because last we saw, uh, I, don't, I don't even know where that was, but the Mosasaurus was in a very tropical looking location, but this thing could be really traversing the globe if that's uh if that's to be believed why would they make that right that has to mean something may use river and what did it say again may use river lizard so oh my gosh do you think this becomes like the loch ness monster of of the i'm, I'm probably mispronouncing this the may use river that is really really interesting um i think it could be if it's the river lizard or something like that it's kind of like alluding to something that you know hey this is our thing this is our river lizard um <laughs> so i don't know that's pretty interesting 
that's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put the links to these in our show notes. You can maybe actually pop up and see the images right there. So that's pretty awesome. So this is something I'm gonna definitely have to dive into more with uh, Aaron Beyer over on the Jurassic Wire. And maybe this is something we can cover over on our YouTube channel as well in our live stream. So keep an eye out for more conversation on this merch because the merch is usually the first to give away things, whether it's toys or party cups, uh, in this case, fabric. There's a lot to learn from the merch. So if you want to learn a little bit more about Jurassic World Dominion, head to the link in our show notes. Oh, there it is. There it is. Well, the dinosaurs are clearly very professional, and they, they hit their marks, and they always come to work on time. The bird theory that if they, you know how we have breathers and everything, yeah. it would be neat if we could have these guys going. Oh, really fast! Like really fast. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay, uh, Mr. Wizard. I couldn't help but freak out the entire time, like it was, you know, as if I was in front of a real dinosaur. Uh, we've actually gone more practical with every Jurassic movie we've made since the first one, and we have more animatronics in this one than we have in the previous two. Look, it's not as if any of them are very ex experienced. For all of these dinosaurs, it was their first movie, and uh, given that they were, they're new to the business, I thought they did a very good job. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode, or segment episode, of The Hatchery. I'm your guys' host, Dakota Morgan, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, and today we have a very special dinosaur we're going to be talking about. Now, I know it's one that people are often not really the big of fans of, but I'm a huge fan of it. I got the rubberized toy of it. I got the aquatic battle? Aqua attack! <laughs> Looking at my shelf of Jurassic toys, because of course, why would I not have one? But we are talking about the Spinosaurus today from Jurassic Park 3. Obviously, everybody's favorite one out of the out of all of them, you know? Yeah, just saying. <laughs> oh, boy. No, we're, we're doing the Spinosaurus today, folks. So I want to tell you how it was built. Of course, you know the hatchery and what it's all about, but I want, let's talk into how it was built. Let's start at the beginning. When it's a wee little baby, to say the least. So they started with a fifth-scale maquette that measured to be almost seven feet long. They used foam pieces based off the maquette instead of fusing hot clay out of the maquette like before with the Tyrannosaurus or any of the other dinosaurs from before as well. Each piece was carved and detailed separately but able to be lightly uh, lightly and easily carvable because of the foam. And then you're able to get super detailed because of that factor with it when they were carving for the maquette. Because using the clay actually saved more time than previous maquettes, according to the people who worked on it. Then they would coat a type of mm, paint, as one would say, for modeling to help seal the foam. Plus, they would, they would do more detail on top of that as well. So that's why the Spinosaurus looked the way it did, because of the scales and the detail in the face and the body and such like that. It's because they spent a long time detailing it with carving tools and in the clays and paint and all that jazz. They used a high tempoxy for the mold for making the process of, you know, making the mold. They used a high temperature kind of epoxy for it. It looks like black tar if you ever get a chance to look at it. Then they broke the mold into pieces because you can't, it's really tough to make a full-size dinosaur, priestal creature, or whatever monster, whatever it is you're making, it's really tough to make a gigantic version of that at once here. So they broke the mold into pieces to be able to make it easier. So the fin, you know, the, or the sail, as one might say, on the back of the Spinosaurus 
was actually made as a separate structure that would later on be added to the back. This was due to the fact they wanted it to be able to move and the flex without affecting the main body itself. Then carefully, as they broke it down, of course, as we mentioned, they broke it down carefully to be able to put it into the oven because, of course, if you ever had art class as a kid, you gotta put the clay into the oven and the molds and such like that. Now, the size of this monster was insane. I love the Spinosaurus with a passion, in case I haven't mentioned that already. But the, side, the head alone was six feet long. And they had to make the nose out of a different material to compensate for it ramming objects. And I'd say a graphite skull was actually used to compensate for that. Because, of course, the Spinosaurus would hit the boat, it would hit buildings. More effectively, the plane. <laughs> when it was breaking into the plane, so that's how they need. They reinforced the animatronic for it. Only they did that for the T-Rex. Rest in peace. The inside mechanics included a steel exoskeleton with miles of electric wire inside. Overall, though, the bad boy, she wore... Well, do we know? I don't know. Let's just say she was 12 tons. Now, due to the intense scenes that the Spinosaurus animatronic was going to be involved with, such as the boat plane, aquatics, and stuff like that as well, if you ever really want to see something cool, look at the behind the scenes of the boat making with the animatronic. It's awesome. <laughs> it's beautiful. So they made multiples of everything to compensate for that. The eyes of the Spinosaurus zone from designers, they said it's based on a crocodilian. If you ever got that, it was, you could kind of tell it's different than some of the other dinosaurs or prehistoric creatures we usually see in the franchise. It's because they based it on a crocodile, which makes sense. Crocodilian, based on a crocodile. Hmm. And apparently they've made hundreds upon hundreds of teeth for this dinosaur. As I, as I said before, for the multiples. But then because she had a lot of teeth in that beak of hers. And of course, after they take it out of the oven, they attach the skin. After working upon that, the rubberized skin layers, as we've talked about before on the hatchery, that's usually about three to four different layers of materials. But they actually had to use, when they were transporting this dinosaur, she's huge. So what they had to do is they actually had to bring in some cranes and actually transport it in the middle of the night so nobody saw it and use semi-trucks. It's insanity. It's really cool if you ever look at the, uh, them taken out of the warehouse with the cranes and the trucks and whatnot. It's a really cool picture. And when they were transporting, like I said, they had to do it at night because they didn't want anybody to see it because they're like, well, something's going on here. This is a huge thing. Maybe it's a Jurassic Park 3. We heard rumors. But they also had to use only certain paths because it was so large, it couldn't fit under most bridges. And, it, of course, they wanted to avoid traffic, so it had made it even worse. And at the time... It's not like there was a GPS. Yeah, it's MapQuest. I use a map, at least. So for the, when they finally got the set, they finished painting and glossing. So that's also a thing they had on there as well, too, to add a little bit of shine, a little bit of flair to the dinosaur, and to say it's aquatic and alive and, you know, skin, scales, that sort of thing. So when they got the set, that's when they finished painting and glossing the dinosaur. And... You know, coming up now, Dimension, she ran on some horsepower. This dinosaur was on about a thousand horsepower when attached on the rails. But of course, kind of like the previous dinosaurs, or ones more on the side of NJP3 and then forward, I would say. Yeah, I would say on forward. I haven't really heard too much about using the telemetry, but it could be wrong. So they used telemetry, like words, telemetry devices to control and 
there was even a backpack and it, this is hilarious to think about because at the time you, i don't think you could you need a backpack anymore they had a backpack of the telemetry the devices on there the controls and everything that guy be walking around with like a whole set in front of him and a backpack too <laughs> pretty funny and uh you know of course she did break the t-rex on set it's got to be mentioned that animatronics did break the T-Rex on set. We'll finish on that one here because I'm like, do I mention it? Do I not mention it? Let's mention it. Because in case you don't know, that's why it turned to CGI. And then that's why the T-Rex wasn't in for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and the Spinosaurus is a big victor in that one. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Spinosaurus. And man, she's a beauty. A lot of man hours. A lot, many, many months, almost over a year, I think, took into the process of making this dinosaur. But she's 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 huge. She's huge. He has all the stuff. Like I have many many notes. Like for the poxy that she had to be used in there. The fact that the, the sail was a different structure, you know, and the fact is that she was the beginning of them doing things differently than they had in the past with Lost World and Jurassic Park. So that's what I find fascinating about it. That and her design is awesome. Not scientific, I know, but her design is still pretty awesome. Thank you everyone for joining me on this new part of the hatchery segment on here with the Spinosaurus from Jurassic Park 3. If you want to follow me for anything dinosaur, video game, podcast, or stuff that I do, at DakotaMorgan3 on Twitter or on Instagram at Dakota underscore Morgan 97. And of course, dino photography, because why not? Thanks everyone. Stay safe. Stay Jurassic. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. And of course, thank you to uh, Dakota for covering the Spinosaurus here today. I'm glad that Dakota has a, uh, a similar passion for this dinosaur as I do. And it is, it is just a wild creation and something that had a big effect on the production. And it's just an amazing thing to behold. And man, would I have wished to have seen that. I know we did a, a segment once. I don't know if I picked this or not. I might have, but uh, um, maybe not. But um, I, where we talked about visiting a, a time and a place during the filming and, and all that of these films. And man, that would have been something. Seeing that T-Rex and the Spinosaurus there together. Man, that would have been really, really cool. But anyway, thank you again, Dakota. I hope everybody really, really enjoyed that segment. But before we get out of here, I did want to jump into a review over on Apple Podcasts. So this one uh, comes to us from Blue19, um, and it says, Camp Cretaceous Thoughts. Sounds like it's going to be a fun one. Let's take a listen here. It says, hey, Brad, it's me, Blue19. I wanted to share some of my theories about Camp Cretaceous. I think that the frozen thingy could be some sort of uh, Cenozoic creature like a tiger or a mammoth. Please tell me what you think. I really like this season, and I hope we can see more of Wild Blue next season. I am interested to see what Blue would do to do with the kids. Would she attack, or would she just kind of become confused? Anyways, I love the podcast, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend. There we go. That's awesome. That's that's the kind of stuff that I like about these reviews over on Apple Podcasts, is you guys can just write whatever you want uh give us the five stars that would be really really appreciated you don't have to review it how you want to but uh this person did and they also wrote an, a really cool thought and comment there as well so that that's awesome um write whatever you guys want so let's talk about this for a second uh theories on camp cretaceous i, I like this idea you know a lot of people right now are 
are have their minds set, have their minds, uh, you know, made up uh, as far as what E750 is, right? Um, because of certain leaks and stuff, and, and there's been a lot of dots connected that I, I don't necessarily... I mean, sure, it could be the actual thing, what people are connecting via these toy leaks. I'm not going to say what it, what, it, what the leaks are, but um, there's been some toy leaks and people are connecting some, some dots with those leaks. Search it out if you want. You can find it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I don't really understand why the dot was being connected outside of uh, some, some little common details. But, um, you know, it very well could be. I'm not trying to dismiss the fact that it very well could be. But I just like to keep the ideas open and keep some conversations flowing as far as what it could be instead of just ending the conversation. Because where's the fun in that? Let's have some fun with the conversation. I really like the idea of something very different, like a tiger or a mammoth. I don't necessarily think it would be a mammoth uh, as far as I think because when I'm looking at that scene and that, that view... To me, it looks like a fairly small container. Um, I'm kind of judging. I think there's like a, uh, like some sort of cabinet or something next to it that I could at least... It, I feel like that's what it was. Um, so it doesn't necessarily look like a huge container. Like, I don't know, like a, a, a T-Rex or something of that size or a mammoth. Um, but I like the idea of like a, a saber-toothed tiger or something like that. That would be really, really cool. Something very different. And I think that would be a really great idea, personally, because, you know, it would it would be a nice lead and tie into, like, Dominion and potentially what other companies, if that's the route we're going. It seems like we could be. Um, but if that's the route we're going, Colin has always talked about these other companies. Like, what are those companies making? Are they making some crazy things like mammoths and tigers and, and stuff like that um are they making other creatures that are non-dinosaur related um so i think that would be a nice little tie into dominion and kind of like lead us into something fun like that and i i do feel like that's what they were doing with the uh characters of mitch and tiff in in the second season was kind of leading us into this idea of hunters and stuff like that and wondering what would that look like in the world of Jurassic? Um, some actual hunters going in, not for a trophy like like Roland Tembo did, where he he uh, tranked it and then that was it. That he called it a day. This is something very different, where it's like a much darker, uh, you know, need for the trophy hunting. So I don't know. I, I think there's they're laying seeds in this show. Um, you know, with other companies like Manicore from season one or The Hunting in season two. Um, and in season three, could something like a tiger or a mammoth or something other than that lead into Dominion in a way that could be really, really interesting? I don't know. I, I think I think it could. I personally like a lot of these other theories outside of the whole leak idea because the leak idea, it sounds kind of tired and contrived. I, I like these other ideas about like tigers and mammoths and um, you know, interesting details like that. So that I'm really into your idea here, uh, Blue 19. I think that's a lot of fun. And I as well like season two. It took me a little bit to kind of fully, fully get into it. But I, you know, by my second watch, I was like, I was really uh, digging the whole thing. And oh, yeah, you mentioned a, a Wild Blue. I I agree. I would really love to see more. It's been a, a kind of a bummer, like as far as like the amount of blue that we've seen. And honestly, very shocking because they really market this franchise around that dinosaur. And the fact that um, 
it's just not anywhere really. It's in you know two sequences, three sequences, I think, in the entirety, maybe uh, three or four um, of this whole show. And when I say three or four, I mean almost even seconds long. You know, it's it's really really short. So to see Blue in a bigger context next season, maybe if E750 is something that's a little vicious and and terrorizes the uh, the island there, maybe it would be interesting to see a wild Blue be the thing to help the kids or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think in terms of that, I think, yeah, Blue would help the kids if there was something else out there. Would she do it because they're kids? No, I don't think so. But would Blue do it just because there's a threat on the island and this is her home? Yeah, I think so. Um, but I definitely think uh, Blue wouldn't really know what to do right away with these kids because she's got this conflict, I think, in her head as far as how am I supposed to react to humans, you know? So anyway, thank you so much for the review. If you guys want little tidbits like that, uh, random thoughts from myself, uh, give me some theories. Give me some ideas. Just say whatever you guys want. Just leave some uh, five-star reviews. Write some stuff down, and I will try to get to as many of these as I can at the end of every episode. So thank you guys so so much for listening that's all i have for you today um and as always i just want you guys to stay safe out there be kind to everybody around you think smartly about everything you're doing out there and we'll see you guys all next week i'm gonna go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro thanks everybody please give us a follow on twitter at jurassic park pod and myself at brad jost also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.